Welcome back to Men Who Sit in the Friggin' Dark. <laughs> My, I'm Casey. I'm Trace. And it is dark we as We are in, in the here. dark. Um, the power went off where we were recording <laughs> because of the storm. If, if you listen to um, last week's episode of Crappy Hollywood Reboots, you'll remember that uh, we talked about it storming. Um, well, that only got worse. Yep. And it is the power went out. So we are literally sitting in the dark recording this episode. Yeah. Uh, I can only kind of see Trace's face. And I saw someone passed outside, and I'm kind of spooked out. <laughs> you keep talking. Okay, I'm scared. Um, well, this is Direct TV, and uh, what we decided to talk about kind of last minute is um, we are going to discuss what makes a good uh reboot and what makes a bad reboot and we were just going to talk about that for a few minutes um probably really quickly because i'm scared <laughs> this is actually kind of nerve-wracking yeah it's very scary this is a spooky episode yeah welcome to the halloween episode um but uh and and also while all the um while i was like editing the last episode and um uploading it to uh wooshka our our host mm -hmm. uh, for our podcast our grateful host we were getting really existential and like talking about um uh, what makes us feel weird about society and what makes us feel weird about our jobs and stuff like that <laughs> so um if we seem a little down we're uh, in a weird headspace yeah number one we are terrified because right after we finished that conversation, lights went out. Two, um, we had we just had a conversation about why we exist. Welcome to uh, Crappy Hollywood Reboots. <laughs> I'm Trace. So anyway, I'm Casey, and let's talk about. <laughs> but some... am I really Trace? And is he really Casey? I'm still in that headspace. Well, to transition out of that headspace. What's a name? <laughs> what's a name? What's a reboot? <laughs> Uh, here's a fun. Here's a fun little tidbit—not uh, tidbit, but uh, just a little brain teaser. Yeah, a reboot. Uh -huh. What it, it, is it? So, if we reboot Men in Black, is it Men in Black, or is it a different movie? I, I'm. Is the title synonymous with the movie? What is the title? I think. Stand for? I think the title is like synonymous with a feeling. Um. Hmm. So, like, I, I don't know. It kind of depends. I think. It really depends on the franchise, because, like, if, you know, uh, Spider-Man's rebooted, you're going to automatically think, oh, a, a superhero movie, mm -hmm. you know? So you're going to have, you're going to know that it's going to be about Spider-Man in some sense of the word. Um, now you can see me. Yeah, I, I can see you. Case just shown his flashlight on his face or his, or his phone. Do you have it on flashlight? Oh, it's his iPad. Got it. Um... But yeah, I think I think it's synonymous with like a feeling or like a tone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess it really depends. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess to go to go further, uh, a reboot. Like what what makes a good one? What makes a bad one? Yeah. Uh, reboots. We kind of lump them in with reboots, uh, sequels. Yeah. Refranchising. Uh, refranchising something. Oh, um, listeners, 
last episode, I talked about something, and then I put a pin in it to come back to it, and I couldn't remember what it was. This episode, I'm going to talk about it, because it actually plays really well into this topic. Yeah. Uh, if you look, uh, I think there is definitely a shift in movies mm-hmm. where producers started thinking about franchising. They started thinking about making a movie to have sequels. Yeah. And well, I, I think... I think that's always been a thing. Yeah. But there's definitely a shift, you can tell, where they started making the movie with the sequel already in mind. Yeah. Um, I think that Marvel, um, or I guess, well, it wasn't Disney at the time, but I think Marvel kind of pioneered that a little mm-hmm. bit, especially, you know, with oh, the yeah. whole, this is our phase one of, of Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. And once that be- started becoming su- successful, everyone was like, Oh, mm-hmm. we need in credits. We need we need yeah. a tag at the end of our movie. Oh know? yeah, I think Marvel definitely uh, improved upon the uh, sort of superhero formula that yeah. was happening. Yeah, for and sure. I, I've talked about that in past episodes, like the uh, sort of the shift from corny, self-contained superhero movie to um, episodic cinematic. Uh, Trace is getting spooked out. <laughs> uh, episodic cinematic um, installments that we have now. Instead of like the sort of corny self-contained Spider-Man of Sam Raimi, yeah. we have the episode of Spider-Man that we have in the MCU. Yeah. Where like it, it, it's an episode that you can watch by your by your by, by itself, itself. Yeah. but it is a small episode in a big franchise that's kind of almost a TV show at this point. Yeah. Or, or I mean, yeah. a movie theater show. Yeah. Um, This big overarching thing. Uh, and so we've talked about that in past episodes. Um, what I'm uh, sort of talking about uh, sort of goes, uh, actually goes hand in hand with that, um, is sort of this idea that uh, movies are self-contained now. Instead of, um, uh, well, movies were self-contained and now they're built as episodes. And so mm-hmm. this new, uh, I think the best way to look at that is look at the old Men in Black movie. Yeah. It was sort of this self-contained story. Right. And that's all it was. And uh, if you look at the end, they neuralize K, one of the main characters. Yeah. They weren't intending to continue that franchise. Right. They were like, this is a self-contained story. The rest of it is history. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Then they made a second one. <laughs> yeah. And they had to de-neuralize K. And part part of that is what makes the second one so awkward is they turn around and go, Oh yeah. wait, we neuralized to, one of our main characters. They have to like figure out a way, like a, a little journey in order to de-neuralize him. Good <laughs> yeah. gosh. Um, and so like half of the movie is that. Yeah. Is, or most of the movie, I guess. Yeah. About, yeah. Half of the movie is, is them is writing to... yourself out of the plot hole that the first one wrote yeah. because the movie at the time wasn't built to start a franchise. Right. Whereas nowadays, um, every movie that's in a franchise is built to be an episode. It's built to be expanded upon. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's... I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, look at the Hobbit movies. Yeah. They were like, ooh, how can we squeeze well, out 
movies out of this out of something that should be mm-hmm. you know one thing that's i i think that's that is a um a product of hollywood thinking of ways to franchise yeah yeah and i think that that franchising is the is the trend now it is that it's been that way for a long time now well yeah nearly I, I think nearly a decade at there's least a, there's been a shift i would say even um it started in early 2000s they like i i think part of that is the superhero genre well yeah. uh, i mean franchises have always been around yeah but i think there's a difference between the franchises of old like the Spider-Man or the Superman franchise of the eighties and nineties. It was was never something that they were setting up for. It's something like, Oh, people like this. Let's make another one. Let's make, you know, three movies that are very self-contained or four or however many Superman movies there were. Uh, Yeah. You can watch any of those. You can pick them up and be like, Oh, I can watch this one by itself. Yeah. And, um, Indiana Jones, uh, star Wars, and Godfather. Yeah. I think Godfather first, and then Star Wars really changed the... Well, really said, hey, we can have sequels to movies. Yeah. I think they, they set up... Um, but, like, when Godfather 2 comes out, everyone goes, oh, man, we can make a sequel to these movies. Yeah. And then um, it sort of evolves from there. The sequels start becoming self-contained stories. Yeah. Well, I think I think, I think Star Wars... What it did? I mean, it didn't try to hide anything, you know? Mm-hmm. It's the very first Star Wars that came out was Star Wars Episode Four, But I yeah. mean, but e- yeah, I mean, even then, you know, you didn't see that until the, the crawl at the beginning, but yeah, um, at least in the originals mm-hmm. or like the original screening, but it never tried to hide. It was yeah. always like Star Wars Episode Four, And you're like, oh, I guess there's going to be more of these, mm-hmm. you know, which I, I feel like that's a bit of an outlier for the time because yeah. uh, at the time, they wrote a movie, and then they they could write a sequel, and then they could write a third. Yep. It wasn't expected exactly that movies come in threes. Exactly, they I mean, weren't. Uh, they didn't set. Uh, they were like, if they make a second, uh, that's why movies like Ghostbusters yep. happened, where they only came out with two. It's because a movie happened, and then if it was popular, they made another one. Yeah, people wanted to see more. So and why then not? if it was really popular, they made a third. Yeah, and whereas now. It's all. It's expected. Yeah. If you. If you. I mean, look at Transformers. Uh, that, how many Transformers are there? There's. I think one, this two, is the sixth one that's coming out. Uh, which I've heard Bumblebee is actually good. The lights are flickering on and off right now. <laughs> I'm so scared. <laughs> if you hear this, guys. If you don't hear from us, and, and you're our close friends. Oh God! Here's the thing: we have to post this episode. Yeah, so we have to get this out. We have to get it out. But gosh dang it, we're going to talk about what a reboot is first. <laughs> we'll program it into the queue so that on Tuesday it posts yeah. whether we're alive or not. <laughs> so if you don't hear from us, um, tell someone. Okay, but what if a face showed up in that window right I now? I would I would drop everything. I would post this episode and <laughs> drop everything. I would take the time to... Oh, God. <laughs> Guys, this episode of Direct-to-DVD is turning into a spook fest. Other lights just came on in the building. Oh, no. Wait. In the hallway? Is that the exit sign, though? Guys, oh. I'm not editing any of this, uh, just in case. <laughs> no, like... 
you know that hallway that goes that way yeah those lights are on okay well uh i'm officially terrified um i've heard bumblebee is good really it has a 94 on rotten tomatoes are certified fresh yeah um wow it's well the thing the thing is it's all like whole different team like yeah. it's director. Well, I've I've everything. heard they've taken steps to actually like make it Transformersy. Like, yeah. Uh, apparently, Starscream transforms in the movie the, the same, same way that he does, like in the toy. Yeah, they're taking very the the detail is 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 there now. Yeah. And Bumblebee, instead of turning into a hot rod Camaro, he's a beetle. He's like a Volkswagen Beetle. Which is awesome. Yeah. It has a 94. Okay. I might have to see this movie. Yeah, same. And I never thought I would say I have to see a Transformers Yeah, I mean, and Haley Steinfeld, she's amazing. She's an amazing uh, actress. But the writer is... I don't know if you saw this movie. Uh, have you seen The Edge of Seventeen? Uh, no. Have you heard of that movie? Well, I know Steinfeld is in that. Yeah. First of all, fantastic movie. Yeah. And the writer for that movie, I think... Don't quote me on this. I think is the writer for Bumblebee. And so I'm I'm actually pretty excited now that I I've been seeing this stuff in the trailer. I was a little skeptical at first, but like the newer ones that have been coming out, I'm like that looks really good. I expressed hope and I was like this actually kind of looks good. And Trace you're like I was like I can't. It's because, you know, I I saw the first 3 Transformers. Yeah. First one is harmless. Then it just goes, it gets insane. You can overlook. Yeah. You can overlook some of the bad things. The second one is a menace to society. It's terrible. And the third one is boring. The third one is like an hour too long. Yeah. And I, I remember going into the theaters to see it with my mom and my grandmother. And there are a lot of sexual jokes yeah. <laughs> in uh, in the second and third movies. And we're back. Hello. Sorry. The uh, mic cut out. Yeah, Casey's mic just dropped for no reason. So we're back. Yeah. And like we were saying, Transformers, it's it's a bad it's, we, franchise. Yeah, we got a little off track. <laughs> uh, Transformers is bad. And I think part of the reason that makes it a bad reboot is the, the content creators don't care about yeah. the source material. And I, that's an easy thing to say. Yeah, it's an it's sort of an obvious. Oh, duh! Like obviously. Yeah. But I think it's un, it's underappreciated how important it is to try and get the gist of the character. And I've seen yeah. people talk about why the DC movies are bad. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. We were just having a conversation yeah. about um, Zack Snyder and his whole um, perspective. Of Superman and DC, I think I think Zack Snyder read Killing Joke and said, "I think I've got the gist of Batman. <laughs> I think I, I think I know what I'm talking yeah. about." Or he's like, I, "I watched the Christopher Reeve movie, so I can, I I know Superman now." Yeah, he's like, "Let's make them dark and edgy yeah. instead of actually trying to make them a good representation but of the character." The thing is, like, <clears throat> with Christopher Nolan's Batman, even though I'm not a huge fan of of his trilogy, mm-hmm. um. The Dark Knight was like super good, and that was a very dark and gritty movie. 
Yeah. Uh, so it, there, it can be done. And at well, yeah, it, it's that. And at the same time, it doesn't sacrifice Batman. It doesn't make him into some bat themed psychopath. Yeah. He saves people, and yeah. he goes out of his way to save people, and he's not some emotionless bat boy. Yeah. I mean, even with uh, spoilers, if you haven't seen The Dark Knight, but which why it's been it's been like it's been a it's been like 10 years now you gotta Um, you should see it wow that movie came out 10 years ago um but even at the like towards the end of that movie you know he doesn't kill the joker Mm -hmm. he hangs him from a like he hangs him by the foot from a building and that's like a huge plot point is the joker's trying to push him over the edge to kill yeah and he doesn't do it yeah, and that's how he wins. Is he the Joker's like, come on, come on, like kill me, kill me. Yeah, and Batman refuses to do it. He refuses to take that step into insanity. Yeah, and to kill a man. Um, and that's kind of one of the biggest themes of the movie, is or his jo- or Batman's character in general. Yeah, and that's something that Zack Snyder, with all of his Batmobile with miniguns on the front, <laughs> he doesn't understand. And that's yeah. why the movies are so boring is because he doesn't get the characters. Right. And it's obvious he doesn't, so why should we? Yeah. Why should we get the characters if the content creator doesn't? Yeah. Um, so you have Superman flying around with this weird, arrogant, smug grin on his face, and he looks like an alien. Yeah. He doesn't look like a guy who was raised on a farm in Kansas and is a precious boy. Yeah, he was he... literally raised as a young baby. Mm-hmm. To act like a human. So why does he act like an alien? <laughs> why does he act like this emotionless, weird guy yeah. who's only tied to Earth as Lois Lane when, yeah. in fact, he was raised like literally anybody else? If you, if I go up to you, Trace, and I say, mm-hmm. what uh, what do you like most about the Earth? And the only thing you say is your fiancé. You're like, you're, my fiancé and that's about it. Yeah. Like, I don't like anything else. I would think you're insane. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't like you either. So why should we like a Superman whose only care about Earth is Lois Lane? That's not relatable. It's not. Um, It's kind of gross. And it doesn't only, like, uh, extend to comic book franchises or, like, these big action Mm -hmm. movies either. I mean, look at the the recent Grinch reboot. Yeah. You have the Grinch who... I don't know how you can have a... Uh, a song that says you're a mean one mr Gr- you're a vile one mr grinch you have termites in your smile and then in the movie there's a montage of him like having personal hygiene <laughs> yeah that literally defeats the purpose of yeah. the character he like apparently smells really great um he shampoos his fur i don't i don't know man like but then, you know, th- those are bad ones. And that kind of that what makes a, a bad reboot is it's just a misunderstanding, a, mis- mm-hmm. a miscommunication between uh, director or writer or whoever with source material. Mm-hmm. It's it's not them wanting to make the character. It's want it's them wanting to make their own version of that character. Yeah. It's them saying my idea, my understanding of the character is, is more better. important yeah. or better than the character itself and everyone's understanding of the character. Yeah, me... Which, 
uh, well, just to say that inevitably changes everyone else's opinion of the character. Because yeah. if you talk to people and ask, "Do you like Superman?" a grand majority of them are going to say, "No, he's impersonal. Yeah. He's uh, weird and alien-like." And it's because they they don't read the comics; they watch the movies. Yeah. And so these content creators are putting out movies that aren't representations of the character. Yeah. And it it makes everyone else have a warped understanding of the character as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's really, it's really difficult to pinpoint, um, like where my dislike for Superman is because mm. I didn't grow up watching the movies. Mm. I didn't grow up, um, really reading any comics by him. I've read a couple, mm-hmm. but, uh, and we had a conversation about this either, uh, too. And it's, I think it's because, you know, I read like the really old comics, like mm-hmm. the ones that my dad had lying around. Kind of the kooky old yeah, ones. Yeah, like goofy. And to me, DC characters are just very boring. Um, from what I've read. Um and I've read like a couple of green green lanterns and stuff like that. But um I just enjoy Marvel more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean watching Man of Steel is one of the most boring experiences I've ever had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I really dislike that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I didn't watch Batman versus Superman because you should. Why? You should. Because <laughs> it, it, it's just bad. Yeah, but I mean, but here, here, I was gonna say here's the thing, Martha. <laughs> I was gonna say here's the thing, but You're I caught killing myself. Martha. Um. Here's the thing. But even with, like, Venom, um, which is, like, a character from the past mm-hmm. that they are rebooting and reimagining, mm-hmm. if that were someone's first, like, thing they saw of Venom, they'd be like, oh, he's a really fun character. He's really funny. Mm-hmm. I really like Eddie Brock and Venom's back and forth. It's so funny that mm-hmm. that they have that. And then you read a, a, a comic, and Venom is like only obsessed with feeding on people, and you know he he has mm. that hunger, and mm. he's literally killing Eddie um, mm. because that's what Venom does. They they're just like trying to capitalize off of like Deadpool, which I I don't know I, I I've heard and I haven't read them. I've heard that some Ven- Venom comics are goofy, like he's a goofy character. I think that's with, like, crossover, but I'm talking, like, classic Venom. Oh, back in the day, Venom. Yeah, which is okay. the, what this is trying to, like, okay. replicate. This is, like, classic uh, Eddie Brock Venom. Because I, I, I feel like when he's a hero, he's goofy. When he's a villain, he's sinister. Yeah, that's not what this movie is, though. Oh, okay. This this whole movie is, like, trying to capitalize on, like, the Deadpool On the humor. sinister Venom? Mm-hmm. Venom? Like, this, like, sarcastic, like... Hmm. Man, I'm really hungry. I should eat that person, right? And then Eddie's like, no, don't do that. So it's capitalizing on the goofy Venom, then. Yes, but, like, where Venom is not supposed to be kooky or goofy. So... So if someone came Eddie to watch... Eddie Brock Venom is sinister, but, like, there there may be another version of Venom well, that is goofy. Yes, Venom, Venom's... Uh, Eddie Brock was not Venom's only host. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, he's he's... There's a whole arc where he takes over Groot. Yeah. And the only thing he can say is, I am Groot. Or Good. we are we are Venom, you know? Yeah. Um, 
But whenever people come up to me and they're like, man, Venom was so funny and good. I love Venom. Mm-hmm. He just wanted some ice cream or something at the, or no, chocolate. He, he just wanted chocolate at the end. I was like, ah, <laughs> stop. Yeah. I don't know. I can't talk a whole lot about Venom. I haven't seen the movie. Yeah. Uh, I haven't, I haven't read the comics. Yeah. And so I, I don't really have much of an understanding. See? So um, like, it's, it's like, you only knowing so much or like someone only knowing and so that's much the thing, is it's so much easier for me to watch the movie yeah venom and then come out and go wow goofy i know he venom. really is a goofy character after all yeah and i haven't read any of the comics so i really wouldn't know yeah um it's like mm, i enjoyed the doctor strange movie doctor uh, doctor strange is my favorite comic book superhero yeah um i enjoyed the doctor strange movie but I didn't like his characterization in the movie. He's very Tony Stark one-liner. Yeah. Yeah, he and, is he's very like uh sarcastic. Yeah, he's very like quippy and he he's constantly spouting off one-liners and you're like, "Oh, that doc, he's a yeah. funny boy." Where in the comics he's not that way at all. He no. is the stoic one. He's the stoic one. He's constantly thinking about battle strategies he is very confident which they oh yeah and well which they play off of but i think they play it to a point where he is sarcastic and he is like he's like i'm very full of myself yeah well dr strange in the comics is not really that way well when he uh, i mean the cockiness is is a big part of his character arc yes and like losing the the surgical use of his hands yes the the course of becoming the sorcerer supreme right is uh is a humbling character arc exactly but he's not like quippy arrogant no. he's not like tony stark arrogant yes. he's like just an actual jerk right he he is a very confident cocky yeah. he's like person he's like look <laughs> if if you don't have if you don't have the money to pay for my surgeries i don't have enough time for right. you You're... He, he's not confident to the point where or uh narcissistic to the point where he is funny He's yeah. narcissistic to the point where you're like, okay. He's cruel. <laughs> okay, Steven. Yeah, he's cruel. And yeah. and there are story arcs where um, people who knew him as a surgeon come yeah. back when he's a sorcerer and say, you were a jerk to me. I hate you. <laughs> yeah. And fight him. And he's like, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah. And he's he's constantly sort of having to live that down yeah it's 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 really relatable that's a really relatable and thing uh, i think the the movie <sighs> marvel one thing that i don't like about the mcu mm-hmm. their heroes are a little one note they they sort of write the same hero over and over i think I and think it, that, it's uh, the it's the quippy yeah. smart aleck white guy I mean, with a goatee star lord um uh, star lord yeah. tony stark Doctor Strange, yeah. even Thor in Thor Ragnarok. Yes, they're kind of hitting this one note of the one, quippy main character. Yeah, guy. one character that I I can say is portrayed very well, is mm-hmm. written very well, mm-hmm. and very faithful to the comics mm-hmm. is Peter Parker. Yeah, um, and that that's why I think Spider Man, Black Panther, yep. are two that like break the mold on the the quippy I, white guy. I think that this phase in mm-hmm. in the MCU mm-hmm. is really correcting some of this stuff they're like oh we want they they want what's in the comic rather than yeah. what we're writing and that's that's why i like um the not doc- to not to say sorry not to say that 
um, those characters aren't bad or that we don't like those movies because no, I love those movies. Want, we just um, it gets a little stale after a time. Yes, I think, and it's it's refreshing to have other characters. Yeah, and, I think that they're doing a really good job of writing these newer characters. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Scott Lang is yeah, Scott is great. Lang, Scott is a little different. And I feel like, I mean, his role... Have you seen Ant-Man and the Wasp? Not yet. Okay. His role in Ant-Man and the Wasp... <laughs> I might rent that tonight, actually. He kind of takes a backseat to the Wasp. Um, it's kind of more her movie than Which, his. That's awesome. Which is cool. Because... And I'm excited to see uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel and see what they do with a female char- I'm a, main I'm character. I'm a little iffy on the teaser or, like, the trailer that they released, but they yeah. didn't really show a lot, which is which I'm something okay I respect. Yeah. I, I don't want to see the whole movie in the trailer. I yeah. don't want to be like, well, that's the whole movie in in thirty seconds. Yeah, but what Marvel is doing right now, uh, DC is not at all. Yeah, uh, I feel like they're just missing the mark. DC's characters are very one note. Yeah, um, that's why I kind of like uh, Doctor Strange in uh, in Infinity War. Mm-hmm. He's not the quippy guy, and that's yes. part of that. That's is, a good. That's a good point. Is to part of that is to differentiate him from Tony Stark uh who they're i mean they're kind of two main roles in the movie yeah uh, a lot of their confrontation and their sides yeah are um are big story arcs yeah and sort of doctor strange's i'll do whatever it takes to um to make sure that this outcome happens whereas tony stark's like we have to save the people along the way yeah i think that's very interesting i i i like the way that uh, the MC or like the writers for the MCU are writing Tony Stark. Yes. Um, especially with the character arcs that he's been taking recently, mm. uh, like in homecoming where he, you know, he's looking after this taking kid, a fatherly figure yeah, role. He's basically babysitting Peter Parker mm-hmm. and you, you see him get angry. And yeah. You see him be like, this is why you shouldn't be able, you shouldn't take, Mm. control of like the crimes around here yeah like leave that to us Mm -hmm. um yeah and well to and in the new trailer for endgame Mm -hmm. um i won't i mean if anyone hasn't if you haven't seen that but you you know what i'm talking about pause go see it yeah pause go watch it or don't if you if you avoid trailers yeah but the the beginning like scene of that the first clip you see like it's very sympathetic like Mm -hmm scared side of tony yeah or even at the end of infinity war if you haven't seen that mm-hmm. i'm not going to spoil anything but yeah you see that you see a side of tony that hasn't been portrayed very much and uh all of this uh, sort of to steer us back on yeah, track a little yeah, bit to, um, we have a point to this. we have a point all of that is to say that um you have to keep the character in mind yes i think that's that's one of the things that Do- the doctor strange movie screws up a little is it doesn't sort of keep the personality of the character in mind. Yes. It sort of kind of molds him into this quirky, quippy, yes. uh, one-liner guy. Where in- Infinity War <clears throat> kind of pulls the steering wheel back yes. on track. And and Infinity War levels that out. And <clears throat> I much more enjoy Doctor Strange in Thor Ragnarok and Infinity War because he's much more comic book level. Yeah. Um, he's much more comic book. He, I mean, he is Stephen Strange at that point. Yeah, and he's not. Um, he's not quippy. He's not Tony Stark two point <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not he's not magic Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, I think 
I think that's what MCU is doing right with their their mm-hmm. movies is that they aren't afraid to be like, oh, we need to pull the steering wheel back over. Yeah, and they're uh, not uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Marvel movies. It's kind of fun to walk in and go, okay, what what comic line are they pulling from for this? Yes, and I uh, sort of to steer this away from superheroes a little bit to so that you know people who don't watch your superhero movies can also listen to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all of that to say, you need to draw on the source material. Yes. You need to know where your franchise is based. Yes. You need to know what themes it's running across, it's it's attempting to convey. Yeah. And sort of the the character arcs, the messages. Um, you you need to uphold the original intent. Yeah. Or may, maybe if the intent is gone by now. To change the intent into something that is relatable for the, yeah. for today's times. What do you What do you think about um, book films? What do you think about you know? I mean, what what franchises have you seen that, or I guess books that have been made into franchises? Well, um, I mean, I read the Harry Potter books. I saw the movies. Yeah. Uh, I read Jurassic Park. Yeah. And I saw Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jurassic Park. Just to to go from there a little bit. I haven't read Jurassic Park. I think it's one of the few things where the book is good, the movie is good. Really? And I think it's because... um, And this is a weird thing. Are they different? They are. They kind of are. They're kind of yep. different things. But the movie is so much its own thing that you can right. say, I respect it being I, different. I think... I think that's a Spielberg thing yeah. um, because with the uh, Ready Player One uh, movie, which uh, Steven Spielberg also directed recently, mm-hmm. it's one of those cases where the movie is actually better than the book. Yeah. Um, not saying... I've heard that too. The book isn't... The book is for a specific crowd, I think. Mm-hmm. If you don't like being like given if you don't (laughs) if you don't know what a rubik's cube is you will know what a rubik's cube is by the end of the book if you don't know what joust is you know like it'll explain all the references for you uh like i went into the book and i read it and i enjoyed um the book for the most part Mm -hmm. but the times where i was like okay i know what this is like Mm -hmm. we can stop explaining Mm -hmm. um then you know but the the movie Mm-hmm. takes away all of that mm-hmm. and it just throws you into it. I know what you're getting at. The the movie improves upon the book. Yeah. It improves upon the short sight sightings the yeah. of the book. Sort of the shortcomings of the book. Right. Um which which is awesome uh because uh Ernest Klein, the author of the book, mm-hmm. was one of the writers on the movie. So yeah. he even acknowledges like, you know, mm-hmm. he kind of sees that and he's like, "Yeah, yeah. That's something that I did wrong, you know, or yeah. this is something I can improve upon with the movie. Yeah, and I think a good adaptation um, takes the shortcomings of the source material and improves upon it. Yes. It changes it for the audience that it's... Yeah. Um, and It not only streamlines, but it also uh, enhances. Yeah, it, it upholds... Um, it sort of upholds the intent... Yes. ...of the original creator... Uh, while at the same time improving upon it. Right. 
and same same with like the princess bride mm-hmm. uh the book and the and the movie mm-hmm. are both fantastic mm-hmm. but the movie is like okay this is not needed you know this is not needed mm-hmm. we're going to streamline this experience mm-hmm. and add in a couple of things that are and, nods uh sometimes and it's where it gets a little weird but sometimes adaptations uh change big things or maybe like change the authorial intent a little bit but that's i think is a different kind of reboot yeah like um uh apocalypse now Mm -hmm. the original book was not vietnam Mm -hmm. the original book was set in sort of a an african expedition where they're trying to find uh, like they're find, trying to find this British um, uh, colonel or or soldier who has rebelled against the empire and gone up gone up river and created his own cult. Yeah. Uh, but Apocalypse Now changes it to be a political statement, right? About um, about American society and um, sort of uh, because the Vietnam- American politics the American Vietnam uh, the Vietnam War right that was more relevant to America yeah. at the time and that's the thing is you can, I think you can change authorial intent a little bit as long as you make it relevant yeah and um, no yeah that's but that, I, I think at the same agree. time that's a different kind of reboot than kind of what we're talking about yeah because I, th- I think in there terms are re- of books and movies yeah um, I think there are reboots that sort of improve upon the authorial intent yes and in that matter uh i think holding to the character it's less about the character and more about the situation yeah the story rather than yeah yeah that's cool and the message yeah whereas like um i've never thought of that that way that's really cool whereas like a spider-man comic uh, being yeah. turned into a film that's it's about the character, character. It's, it's it's not about the message yes well it, it because is a little it, bit about the message but there it, it's are a not... lot of there are a lot of messages within yeah. the comics and there's yeah. a lot of yeah there's a lot of messages to take away from that and comics span across decades at this oh, point oh yeah and there's a huge amount of source material for spider-man and Captain whereas America apocalypse and... now it only has the the source text right it's which easier... i can't remember the name of the book right now it's easier to like change. Warp. Yeah, it, it's easier to change um, the authorial intent a little bit to to s- sort of serve right. a modern message. Right. Whereas with the with the Spider Man comics, they make very clear who Peter Parker is. Yeah. Uh, and it's uh, if you screw that up, it changes the entirety of yeah. Because the the one single unifying thing of Spider Man comics is Spider Man. Yes. That's the one thing that it's getting across to you is that Peter Parker is uh, kind of a kid who's doing his best. Yeah, and he, I mean, he gets a lot thrown at him really quickly. Yeah. I mean, Uncle Ben gets, his uncle dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, he was raised by his uncle and aunt. Yeah. Um, I mean, he has had a girlfriend die mm-hmm. it, by his hand. Yeah. Um, you know, Just a lot. that he has to deal with and that makes him sort of the one thing that it's trying to get across is who spider-man is yeah so if you screw that up amazing spider-man one and two yes you get mixed messages you're like oh who is peter parker yeah and and it's weird to the audience yeah because like amazing spider-man one and two you get this selfish peter parker who's like i'm gonna date gwen stacy even though it might get her killed yeah they kind of and then it does get her killed yeah and then he doesn't learn a lesson by his hand by the way yeah (laughs) and it doesn't 
he he comes out of the movie still a smarmy jerk. Uh, and he hasn't Where, learned his lesson. Whereas in the comics, which, to be fair, the mm-hmm. the second Amazing Spider-Man d- did that scene justice. That that took a lot of guts to do that scene. Yeah. But um. But yeah, the way that, when whenever he came out mm-hmm. of that in the movie, it was a lot different than how he came he out. He was from like, the book. "Hey guys, I'm still Spider-Man. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend may have died, but I don't care." Yeah. <laughs> whereas, like, you know. Spider-Man No More happens, basically. Yeah. Um, man. So I think that's a, that's a fun little debate, or not debate, but like discussion on sort of authorial intent and yeah. sort of what good reboots do. But I think I think some some books also have character pieces. I think Harry Potter um, has a has a lot of character rather than situation because it yeah. is episodic. Yeah, and I mean, a, a, an example of screwing up a character. Yeah, um, if I if I talk to um, Harry Potter fans, uh, Potterheads, yes, um, Which they will. I am one. I love Harry Potter. There we go. Um, <laughs> every Potterhead will tell me that the movies do not do Ron Weasley justice. Yeah, they don't do Ron Weasley justice. They do Hermione too much justice. Yeah, because they take all of the good qualities of Ron Weasley and, and put give it in them Hermione. to Hermione. Yes, and so. Coming off the movies, you're like, wow, Ron is horrible. Mm-hmm. There is nothing good about this character. He's mm-hmm. a whiny, selfish jerk constantly. <laughs> Why does Harry hang out with him at all? And then you look at Hermione and you're like, she can do literally no wrong. Yeah. She's never made a mistake in her life. Uh, she's uh, And you, you get to Harry Potter 8 and they finally get together and you're like, Why? <laughs> Why would she get together with Ron at all? Why yeah. wouldn't she get together with literally anyone else? Yeah, the thing the thing with the movie version of Ron is mm-hmm. honestly Ron doesn't get a lot of a lot of character development whatsoever. Yeah. Um, and, well, I think all of all of his good qualities get written over to Hermione. And um not not to say that the movies are bad cuz no, the movies are good, the but movies this are really is a shortcoming. Good. Yeah, and this is kind of what I'm, what we're talking about with yeah. staying true to the character. Character, Char- it, it, especially with character pieces like that, or yeah. like with the Hunger Games. That's kind of where the downfalls are with those movies as well, is because the characters suck in those movies. Uh, they're so bland, but in the actual book, it, it which gives you Hunger Games. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it gives you more of these characters and and you're like you you are rooting for for certain ones yeah um yeah and but, i i think that that is challenging for it, a movie it because is a movie they, only has certain amount of time at most two and a half hours to yeah. convey all of this stuff that a full book yeah and if you're martin scorsese you have like five but <laughs> um yeah but um and so i think the key to that is condensing and what do you take out of the book? What do you keep in? Yeah. And I think if you sacrifice, you have to sacrifice whole characters sometimes. sometimes you yeah. have to take out a, a full character. You have to so add that, some sometimes, Lord of the Rings. You know. Yeah. And um, uh, you have to sacrifice characters. You have to, but at all costs, you have to preserve the essence Mm-hmm. of the character whose story it is yeah um and that's that i mean that's where a lot of books to movie 
um, movies um, fall. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, The Dark Tower being one, where that's totally character-driven, um, and they just throw it out the window. Yeah, um, the, they they turn it into a shoot 'em up Yeah. And it's... It's not fun to watch. Really yeah. dumb. But, uh, and you haven't seen it yet, right? But you, I've talked to I've talked well, to you about I, I've it. seen clips. That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've seen the fight scenes, and I'm like, oh, these are cool. They are really cool, but the books... The are books just, are better. They're and so immersive. Here's the thing. Here, here's the thing. <laughs> My goodness, I'm just catching myself saying that now. Yeah. Here's the thing. The books don't glorify the violence. No. The, the In the books, the violence happens, and the books actually punish Roland for being that person. Yeah. For being the 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 gunslinger. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the books aren't action-packed things. It's mostly them sitting and talking. Here's the thing. <laughs> I've read I haven't seen the movie. You've seen the movie. I've seen the movie. But I've read all the books and you haven't read them all yet. I'm I'm on the 5th one. You're on the 5th one. Out of 7. You're getting there. D- dude, wait till 6 and 7 because one of the big themes that comes along mm-hmm. that steadily grows over the course of the series mm-hmm. is that Roland is being punished for being who he is. Right. That he is being punished for being the gunslinger. And I think that that is a huge theme in the in the books is and, sort of like if you live by the sword, you die by the sword. Yeah. Whereas the movie is like, ooh, look at this guy shooting him up. Yeah. And that is exactly what the movie is getting wrong. It's not getting the a yeah. huge message that Stephen King put in the his work. whole. I mean, the whole book is about this journey. You yeah. know, it's about them crossing these dimensions and crossing into, um, or crossing across these deserted cities, mm-hmm. um, post-apocalyptic wastelands that used to be, you know, America. Yeah. Um. Or some version of or some ver- yeah an alternate universe uh, yeah. version because they do cross a lot of uh, universes Temporal boundaries yeah. And, yeah um but man my my favorite parts aren't the ones that are like Roland takes out his gun and shoots yeah it's the ones where Roland crosses over and he talks to this character that was from you know 1975 yeah you know or stuff like that it's the it's the character stories that they're sacrificing yeah for the action sequences. Man, this 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 reboot episode, like this what is reboots mm-hmm. um has kind of turned into a really interesting conversation about character study. Yeah. Um yeah, and and how important that is to a story. I I really think that well, I mean, obviously if a if a source text is about characters, the reboot has to be about characters as yeah. well. You can't sacrifice that for what's in vogue at the time. Yeah, and I think uh, a recent movie that has really um, brought in character, mm-hmm. and, and it's a movie full of it, is mm-hmm. the new Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Um, it, it is a Miles Morales story, which is my personal favorite Spider-Man. Oh. Um, it is one of the only Spider-Man arcs that I've read in full. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It it is it does so much justice to Miles Morales and uh, the Spider Verse mm-hmm. uh, arc that happens in the Amazing Spider Man uh, comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it brings in all these different Spider Mans that 
people probably don't even know exist, but mm-hmm. are really real. Uh, yeah. You know, like Spider-Ham and, uh, and Spider-Man, Spider-Man Noir. Noir. Yeah. Uh, and there is uh, Amazing Spider-Man and uh, mm-hmm. there's a movie cinema, uh, universe Spider-Man, uh, oh, no. which is really funny. <laughs> um, but it's a movie that is not afraid to show so much character and mm-hmm. um, they do it with, with just so uniquely and it's so quirky and it's so mm-hmm. funny. Yeah. Um, it, it's a really good Spider-Man movie hmm. and it, it's cool to see that in like a animated form. Yeah. Um, where, you know, in the past they've tried to do live action um, mm-hmm. and completely failed, which. Yeah. I don't know, I mean, man. Amazing Spider-Man. Amazing Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man three. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a whole different discussion. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, characters are what make a reboot good. Um. So yeah, uh, other superhero non superhero things. I just had to like do some some uh, technical work technical work to make that sound like one continuous thought. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I not. hope it does. Uh, anyway, um, like uh, as far as books go, I'm trying to think of other book to movie transitions. I mean, uh, I haven't read Lord of the Rings. I don't know if you have. I have not. Which shame on me. Yeah, I need to. I almost picked up a one volume version of it. Hey, that's cool. Uh, today, but I did not. I have some. Not to brag. <laughs> Uh, I have some, like, copies of, like, 70s editions oh, yeah. of them. I picked up at, like, a bookstore, like a book deal. Yeah. Uh, and they're, like, super old. They have, like, really cool, like, hand-drawn symbols on the cover and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked them up, and, like, if, if I'd had all three, like, I, could, I have Two Towers and Return of the King. Mm-hmm. And you just need Fellowship? It's, it's missing Fellowship. And I looked up, and the whole, like, set is worth, like, 300 bucks. Dang. But that's, like, with dust covers and everything. And these uh, books are kind of in bad condition. Gotcha. I just want a, 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 the first, I want the Fellowship. I can't find it anywhere. So, you know, sucks to be me. But, um, <laughs> so I've been wanting to read those at some point, and I haven't gotten around to yeah, it. Yeah, I need, I want to read them as well. Um, I did yeah. a book report on The Hobbit back in the day. Oh, I I have read The Hobbit. I have too. Um, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a really long time. <laughs> um, and that's a that's a movie series that they didn't care about the source material. Mm-hmm. They were like, let's squeeze this into three movies. Yep. And the pacing is really bizarre. Also, the third they movie got really is, lazy. Yeah. The, oh, the CGI is awful. Uh, but the third movie is just. A, f- a battle like that's kind of the whole movie yeah. is just the the last battle the they battle of the, the five battle armies of the five armies yeah uh, the whole movie is supposed to cover this one moment in the books that's not e- in the book that's not even that much yeah i mean i watched the first one and then mm-hmm. i was like cool i'm not gonna watch the other ones i watched the second and third ones because i am sort of a completionist i remember whenever you went to go see the second one and the third one mm-hmm. i think I think this was you, but, um, you went to go see the second one and then I texted you and I was like, Oh, how was it? Mm -hmm. And you were like, I mean, 
Benedict Cumberbatch is in it. <laughs> yeah, uh, he plays a dragon, and it looks like a video game. Yeah, uh, like the the dragon looks like a video game. That's not good. Uh, the CGI is bad. Yeah, I mean, it, it just sucks. Like, and the pacing is weird. Watching, like, being a big fan of the original uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy was good yeah uh which was phenomenal um not knowing any context with the books of course but even even from people i know who've read them they're like Mm -hmm. no the things that they've taken out and the things that they've put in Mm -hmm. are great yeah um and the the practical work is insane like the makeup that's so good and something that the hobbit lost gosh even the motion capture with Gollum. yeah uh andy circus Mm. I mean, was good. you can't complain about it. Yeah. Speaking of reboots that are that look bad, and speaking of Andy Serkis, yeah, that Jungle Book movie, Mowgli. <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? It's on Netflix. Yeah. Have you seen the, I the have trailer not. for it? I have not. Ooh. Okay. You know those like creepy pictures of like animals where like they photoshopped a human face onto it. Yeah. And like a human mouth and like eyes. Yeah. That's. I the cannot movie. wait to go home tonight and watch That's that. That's a. Viewers, stop what you're doing right now. Go watch the movie. Go watch <laughs> the entire movie. It's on Netflix. Go watch no, go watch the trailer. It Oh my gosh. And like Netflix has it like as the banner thing. Like yeah. you you log into Netflix and it is right there. And let me tell you, the motion capture, I don't Andy. Really? What happened? He does bad? It it Yikes. just it it looks like animals with human eyes and it's horrifying okay well i'm it's very excited. so scary and like i don't know I'm just is it as scary as being in the dark tonight uh it's yeah <laughs> because you watch it and you're like Ugh, and then you get used to it and you're and like you're, oh this just you, kind of sucks you look around <laughs> you're like uh. you you just you keep watching it and you're like oh this still sucks yeah um yeah it just it doesn't look good yeah the, the it looks like animals with human faces mm-hmm. it looks like those creepy pasta pictures yeah with like the photoshopped eyes onto a uh, onto a dog yeah, i know exactly what and you're stuff about. or like at, at the end of spoilers at the end of uh undertale with like flowey the whole yeah at the end yeah yeah kind of kind of yeah and it's um it's just off-putting it's like i don't want to root for these characters that's gross yeah. And um, that's something that the Jungle Book, the Disney one, did well because they looked like animals. Yeah. That's what they were supposed to. I mean, that's They're what... They're supposed to look like transmogrified I mean, animals. Yeah, even with, like, the new Lion King, you see, like, they look like animals. Yeah. Um, which yes. is... I'm both excited and not excited for that movie, but... I mean, I'm going to watch it. I am, too. I'm We've had it. this conversation before. Yeah. Um, we, already, we already talked about that. And I think... And I think we already talked about what makes a good disney movie and what makes yes. a bad disney movie yes and that sort of ties into like what does the reboot bring to the table why is it needed why is it important are you just doing it to make money because if it because if you're just doing it to make money it's going to be obvious i th- and it's going to suck like i mean and you can tell yeah i the, the dark tower was just to capitalize on all the stephen king stuff that was coming out yep was that this year last year uh, uh, with yeah, you know it, it and stuff. Oh, it was twenty eighteen. It was this year. It was this year. Um, but no, yeah, it was like early this year. It yes. was uh, it was seventeen, two thousand seventeen. Okay, but yeah. um, it was to capitalize off of um, 
Stephen King all the Stephen King right stuff. Now. Yeah, but to be fair, The Dark Tower was the only bad movie that was related to Stephen King that year. Yeah, um, um, because it was good. Gerald's Game. Is oh, really? Good. Gerald's Game is fantastic. Gerald's Game is horrifying. It is in like the best way possible. Yeah, that made me hurt. If you are a horror fan and. It, uh, wow. Don't go off of the book. Apparently, Gerald's game. I haven't read Gerald's game, but I've heard it's awful. <laughs> I've don't read it's really read it. boring. The movie is fantastic. It is a Netflix movie. The movie I like. I was glued to the edge of my seat the whole time. Yeah, is very good. And there is also uh, Carla Gugino's in it. Yeah, Gugino, Gugino. She's <sighs> fantastic. Very good. Yeah. Um. Wow, that's a great movie. Uh, yeah. So it. It is also really good and really faithful mm-hmm. to the novel, uh, making some changes, obviously, to make it more modern. Yeah. Um, it takes place in 89 rather than 55 or whatever. Got to cash in on that 80s nostalgia. <laughs> yeah, well, and they made it um, so that the new movie takes place in 2019. Okay, that's cool. Um, All right. Because 27 years after. Yeah. But, um, which is big and... Uh, it it, it mm-hmm. culture but you know that's yeah and with the dark tower i think it was to make money whereas yeah. it and gerald's game and 1922 or whatever the movie is on mm-hmm. the other movie on netflix mm-hmm. you can tell we're made out of love and that's that is another thing and it it's it's interesting it's an interesting sort of contradiction to what we talked about before because we talked about being faithful to the source material um, another thing that a reboot has to do is justify its own existence. Yeah. It has to justify why we need a reboot. Yeah. And by doing so, it has to bring something new to the table. Yeah. If you, uh, here's a, here's sort of a mediocre, an average reboot, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Okay. The one that came out this past year or like a year ago. Yeah. With Kenneth Branagh, um, that's a very mediocre reboot. Mm-hmm. It's good, but it it brings nothing to the table. Yeah, it's it's just it's a reiteration. A re, it's just a remake of yeah. the. It's just a modern remake of Murder on the Orient Express, Agatha yeah. Christie. It doesn't bring anything new, and you're like, okay, this is Murder on the Orient Express. What? There's nothing new about it, right? And it kind of got razzed by critics because they were like, oh, this is just the same story over. What are you? What's new about it? Yeah. Whereas, it mm-hmm. like the new iteration of it brings um, new things. Brings brand new. I mean, it it the first of all the miniseries. Yeah. Back in the '90s, mm-hmm. uh, is the furthest thing from the book. Yeah. Um. Is that the Tim Curry? Yes. Huh. Um, and it's not scary. Hmm. Uh, whereas the new one hmm. is actually horrifying hmm. in some cases. Um, okay. But yeah, it's a very dark take mm-hmm. um, on on it, which is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. I mean, a kid gets his arm ripped off in the first like ten minutes of the movie. Nice. Um, which is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and I and I, and I've written a song about that character. Um, it's on my Reverb Nation right now. Hey, there um, we go. <laughs> plug. But you know, I agree. I think that mm. I think that's that's very true. It, it needs to justify its existence. Yes. Uh, you can't just make a reboot to say, "Hey, let's make a reboot." Yeah. Uh, it uh, has to, it, Amazing there, Spider-Man. It has to be. Yeah. 
It has to be justified. It can't just be, I need to retain the rights to this character. Yeah. Sony. Yeah. <laughs> Not dropping any names, Sony. Yeah. Um, it, it can't just be, we need to retain the rights to this character. It needs to be, we have some, we have something new to say about it. Yeah. Uh, you, you, ret- you remain faithful to some aspect of the source material, yeah. whether that, uh, the most important aspect of the source material, whether that be the plot, the message, the character, and that depends on the, on the source material. Yeah. Um, you have to retain to the thing that the, that the fans love about it, that the fans retain and love yeah. and what makes it good. Uh, you have to retain that and improve upon it in some way. Um, he, uh, the reboot has to has to take that, be true to that, but yeah. at the same time justify why you're bringing it to a new generation. Yeah. Why do you need another Shrek movie? Why does Illumination need to make another Shrek movie? They don't. What That's do you? Ex- what are they stay? Things to ask yourself when watching a, a reboot. Yeah. How is this staying true to what I loved about the first one? Yeah. Why does this need to exist? Yeah. How is it improving? Yeah. How is on, it? How is it? How is it improving on what I already love? Yeah. I guess those can be wrapped up into the ultra question: How is it improving on what I already love? Yeah. Which kind of seems like an obvious question, but I'm sort of stunned by how many reboots don't take that into consideration. They just reboot to reboot. I mean, if it, if it's a quick cash grab, they're they're going to try to get it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I think that. W- that's a good place to kind of uh, wrap this up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Though I mean, the, with the ultimate question, what? How is, how this is improving? it? How is it improving? Yeah. How that's, is this that's improving what, on what I loved about the uh, that's about what, the first one? That's what ultimately makes a good reboot, or makes or breaks a good reboot. Yeah. How is it improving on on an older version? Um, how is it um, staying true to character? How is it staying true to situation? Mm-hmm. Um, and and is it just a, a fun time? Yeah, I mean, if the if the message of the first one was to just have a good time, yeah. then do it by again. all means. Have a reboot that does that. <laughs> yeah, that has a good time. That and with that, we the have lights what? came back on. We <laughs> wow. We, see, okay, here's the thing: we solved reboots. Yeah, we solved we solved that's it. the key to reboots and the lights came back on as a reward. Yeah. This the was lights... sort of a journey. Yeah. Wow. That was very meaningful to us. It won't mean a whole lot to y'all because y'all weren't here in the dark. Well, you were here in the dark with us. Yeah. In you our were hearts. With us in our hearts and our souls. Yeah. You were always on our mind. Wow, that was really meaningful to me. I'm sorry. To I cry. kind of just had a little bit of an epiphany there. Yeah. Um we we kind of we've we've solved it. This is a kind of a good note to end this first season on. Yeah. It's sort of us solving reboots. Uh, the light has come on. <laughs> literally. Literally and, and, and metaphorically. metaphorically. Yeah. Um, Man. And so I hope that when watching a reboot, when watching some movie studio dredge up this thing that you love yeah. and slap it back onto the silver screen, I hope you ask yourself, what did I love about the original yeah. And is this reboot bringing that to the table? Mm-hmm. I don't want you just to be like swayed by, oh, they're rebooting Shrek. Oh, I automatically so love it. What did you love about Shrek? Yeah, don't don't uh, feel content cuz if if you yeah. 
if you do that and you you go to a movie and you you throw your money at it um and you're like well i guess that was okay that's telling hollywood or that it's okay anyone, to be mediocre yeah that it's okay to just release crap whenever you could have you know a gerald strive for better you, you could have a gerald's game you could have an it you yeah. could have um why, why settle reboots, for like Spider-Man? Why and, settle for Amazing Spider-Man one and two when you can have Spider-Man: Homecoming? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think that's all I got to say. I, think, about that. I, I like how we ended this on Spider-Man because that's like kind of our Spider-Manning, our trademark thing. Spider-Manning, uh, Peyton Manning's Peyton little Manning's brother. Peyton Manning's little brother, Spider, <laughs> Spider. Uh, and on, on, on that, that note, note, that needs to be a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. Uh, shall we cue the outro for the last time for for this bit? season? Yeah, for the for a little bit. Don't make it sound too ultimate because we're coming back for the last time for a little bit. Yeah, uh, at least until the next year. Yeah, we uh, will see you guys next year. Yeah, when will this? When will this? Uh, hold on, guys. I'm gonna I'm gonna check my calendar real quick and see when this will actually air. It will air. Oh, this will air on like, the new year. Literally the day of the new year. So happy new year. Oh, awesome. We'll we'll see you later on this year. Yeah. We'll see you in a couple weeks. Yeah. Uh be prepared. Be prepared. Hopefully be we will prepared. be. This lesson must be shared. <laughs> this lesson must yes. be shared. Be prepared. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 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 Crappy Hollywood reboot.